0: Lord, we know that you are an unstoppable God and that, Lord, you relentlessly pursue us with your love. And so, God, help us to not be running from you, but running towards you this morning with what it is you need us to hear. We love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. Oh, crank up them lights. Hey, Justin, can you turn the fan on on that side? Let's get some of this fog out here. I forgot to turn that on earlier. I'm sorry, y'all. It's like, i about outside a Chi Chi chong joke but that might not be appropriate for church but well, good morning and um, I'm, I'm super excited about this series one because I get to go back to my roots a little bit um, see I don't know if y'all know much but I grew up in a southern gospel bluegrass church it's actually where I le- first learned to play guitar. Like it's the, the, all the boom chucks, and where you clap on the off beat instead of on the on beat, like it, that was all us. That's how we grew up. But I remember, I remember learning how to play guitar in a southern southern gospel um, church, and uh, I remember going to Saturday night singings. anybody remember those? You show up on a Saturday. Some churches did them on the fifth Sunday. Well, we did them on the last Sunday of the month, and because we were known as that singing church, we had like 14 guitars, a piano, bass. Uh, mandolin, banjos—I mean, it was it was the jam, y'all. And then I would remember—I remember taking those special trips to see people like Airline play. And I remember going and seeing um, what was that one group? Impact? What was that one group that I used to sing their song, uh, "Angels Among Us"? I mean, not the uh, Alabama version—the people who originally wrote it. Okay, I mean, I but, man, I, I remember going to quartet conventions. Been I mean, rolling up into qu- quartet conventions. And uh, I remember, I remember, like, this, this was the stuff, yeah, I remember traveling around because groups at our church would be asked to come sing at other churches because their music sucked, okay? Like, this is the church I grew up, that gospel, southern gospel music, gospel music told a story of life. Gospel music, like, just like that song, it, t- it tells a story of seeing their mother die. It's the progression of seeing their mother die and the feelings and the hurt and wondering if, if that circle will be unbroken, you know, like when grandmothers pass away and the family never get together anymore? Like, they tell stories. And, and that, that what's, that's what's so amazing about old school Southern gospel music. And all my people listening online who are from, like, Burnett's Creek are going, yeah, Derek, you tell them. Well, I, I prefer the new stuff, just saying. But, but it all, like, I caught myself watching the Gaither vocal band the last couple of weeks. Like, Mark Lowry and Bill Gaither, like, and re- reminiscing on the days of, of man, and those were the days, those were my childhood because of the stories that the songs tell. But but not only do they tell a story, but it's 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 a proclamation that your life tells a story. Your life is a gospel song. Your life is a gospel song. That our call in life was to live out this gospel song, to live in worship to a savior of the world. But what does it look like to live a life with our gospel song playing over for the world to see what does it look like for our gospel song to play out for the world to see what does it look like to live a life of worship inside of our gospel song that's the question that's the question and here's the truth i believe our father is speaking to us this morning so if you if you if you. Tune out the rest of today because you're like, Derek, I can't believe you played the boom-chuck, boom-chuck right before this sermon. Here's the, here's the truth. Here's the truth that you need to know. Your life should match your lips. Your life should match your lips. But I believe for a lot of us here, we have such a small view of the gospel that we don't even know how to make our, our lips, our life match our lips. Our gospel view is so small, it's so muffled. Our gospel, our, our gospel song, like we, we, we don't really understand the greatness of the gospel because for our gospel song to be proclaimed across the world, we can't have a small view of what the gospel really is. And I think for a lot of us, we, we, we have such a small view of, what, of the gospel and of Jesus that even when we try to, to, to live a life of worship, it's just a little ripple, ripple and never really effective. So... The point of today, the title for today is this, is that I believe that, I believe for God to be glorified, for our gospel song not to be muffled, we, we have to stop the lip service. We have to stop the lip service. In fact, listen to this. We need to talk about the greatness of Jesus. Listen to this. Hebrews 13, the writer of Hebrews says this. Listen, under the old system, we have, wait, sorry, we have an altar from which the priest and the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy places as a sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. It's crazy. So also, Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people, by, be, make his people holy by means of his blood. So let us go to him. What does this mean? We, we have to go outside of our norm. Everything that you think about the gospel, we need you to forget about it. Because maybe the thing that you've been taught the last few years really isn't true. What if, what if God has something more? And I'm not talking about there's more revelation. I'm talking about what if, what if, what if, what the understanding that you've been brought up in, what if that's been wrong this whole time? What if we whitewash everything that we believe and let's start fresh? Let's go outside, to the, outside the city to him. So let's go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. It's time for us to get out of the walls of the church, out of the walls of our normalcy, out of the walls of what makes us comfortable and live a life of a gospel song. We have to go, we have to go outside of our norm. Since Christ went outside the city to offer his life, we should go out, go to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And since Christ offered his, bl- his life, now we have no place here to call home. There's a better place to in, the sky, Lord, in the sky. We have no place here to call home, but we actively seek the kingdom come. And this tells us, this, tells us, this is what it tells us, we worship because what's in front of us is greater than what's behind us. The reason we go outside the city, the reason we go outside of our comfort, the reason we do that is because the reason we live a life of worship is because what's in front of us is greater than what's behind us. As well, if we keep reading, it says, For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual, how? A continual what? A continual sacrifice. That mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm pretty sure in the, in the Greek and the Hebrew, that means continually. That means keep doing it. In everything that you do, whether you eat, sleep, breathe, whatever, do it for the glory of God. A continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to His name, to whose name His and no one else's. And I'm just going to be honest with you, and this may make some of y'all mad at me. Okay? That's why I don't trust in Biden or Trump or anybody else in office because I don't proclaim their name. I don't proclaim a governor's name. I don't proclaim another earthly leader's name. I proclaim Jesus. At the end of the day, no matter who you voted for, who's in office, they're not going to fix the problem we have in this world. Only Jesus can. So keep putting your hope in other people. That's fine, but you're you're never going to get anywhere. That's why people are continuously mad. I don't care who you voted for. I proclaim an allegiance to his name Eric webb used to have a song that says my allegiance is not to a man a country or a flag but it's to a kingdom that is, that is to come that's my allegiance nowhere else's i'm gonna get off my soapbox for a minute do.. Right. let's keep going <clears throat> let's not keep this. our praise is the fruit of our lips the fruit is our life our gospel song this fruit that we bear this continual praise this continual fruit that we bear is, is is our gospel song? It's our life's true reflection, our life's true reflection of the gospel. Because how, what you, what you praise is a reflection of your view of how big the gospel is to you. Why? Because your life should match your lips, and whatever your lips say, your match is going to lie. Your your life is going to match. So, what is it that we should believe and understand about the gospel? Right. What 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 should we believe, and not and it not just be lip service? And I believe it's found in our our through the words of our friend Peter. And listen to what Peter says. In 1 Peter, says does this, you ready? Celebrate with praise to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. That's a huge word there. Extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of of Jesus Christ, it's, it's this, we don't celebrate religion in here, we celebrate resurrection. That's why we, that's why we celebrate. That's why we sing, and that's why we dance. Some, some, but sometimes we read over words like mercy, right? Not really understanding what mercy means. You see, Peter is, is the guy, Jesus said the very night that he was arrested, that you will betray me three times. You remember that story? You'll betray me three times. You'll, you'll, you'll deny me three times before the cock even crows in the morning. I don't know if you know much about the story, but he's like, "No, no, I will, I will die for you. I will die for you, Jesus." Here and then, before the cock crows, he denies Jesus three times. He even cusses out a little girl who didn't deserve it. Sound familiar? Saying he denied Jesus three times. Can You imagine being Peter for a minute. Deny to, to deny your to deny your best friend like. Peter, Jesus and Peter were best friends. Imagine turning your back on your best friend, abandoning him in the back, and then, like you, like you don't deserve mercy. You're like, there, what does mercy even mean? Well, that's I'm glad you asked. The definition of mercy is forgiveness shown towards someone whom it, whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. Makes you wonder about your own life, doesn't it? Makes you wonder about the gospel, like it, like. If he's willing to give forgiveness to you, he's willing to give forgiveness to you when you don't deserve it, you deserve punishment and harm. But instead, he's extending mercy. And this this is Peter's story. Peter denied him three times, just like Jesus said he would. And I don't know if you know much else about the story, but after his resurrection, they're out fishing. They went back to their day job, forgetting the hope that they had in Jesus and knowing that he was going to come back. They didn't believe it, right? And they are fishing, and he says nets over there. And they, they're like, we're professional fishermen. We don't know who you are, blah, blah, blah. And they did it, and they caught a horde of fish, and Peter took off his clothes, you know, and swam to shore. You know that story? And right there on the, on the shore, Jesus showed Peter mercy. He says, he says, I still want you to be my follower. I still want to be your friend. Go and feed my sheep. This is why Peter can sit there and say, celebrate the mercies of God. Because even though I did not deserve forgiveness and I deserved harm and punishment, even though I turned my back on the one who created me, he offers me mercy. In John 21, that's the story where Jesus tells Peter, (coughs) after he stabbed him in the back, Jesus is risen from the grave and he says, I still want you to be my follower. I still want you to be my friend. And he poured out his extravagant mercy on Peter that day and he's poured out his extravagant mercy onto us. You're like, Derek, I don't know if my life's I don't know if my life is really like Peter's. I've never turned my back on God. I was born in church. Actually I was born on the front row singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. How sweet. Like my first cry was a hallelujah. Really? Because Paul would tell you in Romans three ten, he would say, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No, oh, This is crazy. No one seeks God? What, what, what Derek puts into question then can we find Jesus or does Jesus find us? You know what I'm saying? No one understands. No one seeks that for God. All have turned. All have what? How many? All have turned aside. Together they have become ooh. That's a harsh word right there. Worthless. No one does good, not even one. Why well, am a good person? No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. Because all your good deeds normally have something come along with it. All right? I want people to see me. I want people to see me hand that out. I want people to do that. Verse 13. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are, ru- are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. God's loyal love could, couldn't have. Oh, let me go back. Let's go back, go back to that one. Keep going. Yeah. We're good. No one seeks after God. We are no different than Peter. We've all turned our back, turned away. We all, like, let's be honest, how many of y'all this week openly chose something opposite of what you knew God wanted you to do, honestly? We've all done it. We're no different than Peter. But the reason we let our gospel song ring loud is because of the extravagant mercy that even though we don't deserve it, even though Peter knew he didn't deserve it, he still poured it out on him because we fall short every day. Deserving punishment. Lamentation says God's loyal love could, could, couldn't have run out. His, mercies, his merciful love couldn't have dried up. They are created new every morning. That means no matter how, how much you screw up, no matter how bad you think you are, this is the gospel, that his mercies are new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God, it says. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. Is all I got left? So, 1 Peter one three and Romans three ten through eighteen and Lamentations three twenty three through twenty four tells us that we worship because the sin of yesterday is covered by mercy today. How many of y'all screwed up pretty bad in your past? Guess what? It's it's clean. That's the gospel. You're not held by that that sin, that defeat, that failure anymore. That's why when people bring up that they can't do nothing because of their past, guess what? I tell them. Was it forgiven? Don't disqualify yourself when God doesn't even disqualify you. Because his mercies are new every day. Every day. Is your gospel song matching up? That's the question. Is your gospel song matching up to the mercy that you've been given? Let's keep going. Get back to Peter. 1 Peter 1, 3, through 5. It says this. Celebrate with praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do what? Celebrate with praise the God of the fa- our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us new life. We are reborn to experience living, energetic hope there is re- through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish. Ooh. Never be defiled and never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. How long? Let's go, back, go back real quick. How long? Forever. Does it perish? No. Does it ever get defiled? No. Does it ever diminish? No. It's promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realms for you. That, that's, that's not like, that's personal. That's, he's talking to you. He's talking to you, Coy. He's talking to you, Anthony. He's saying it's preserved for you. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. Our last salvation is the day when he calls us home. And we finally get that new body that we've been promised. You know the one with the six-pack? This is what it tells us. This is what first peter three the reason that we worship we worship because our salvation can never perish or to be dim, or be diminished this means that if we're true followers of jesus christ no matter how bad you screw up because how many how many of your sins were future sins when christ went to the cross all of them so does, would you agree that he knew how screwed up you'd be and how too many times you'd mess up uh yep and he still chose to make a way yep okay this means that if we, we are followers of jesus christ no matter how bad you and i screw up he's you're still his, that his mercy and salvation is not merited on what, what we have done or will do, but based on what Christ has already done. And if you read Ephesians 2, it tells you that. If you read, if you like, you read it. Read it, like, open up your mind and read it. Even though we chose rebellion, we still choose rebellion, he still says, I'm here. i love peter's next statement peter's next statement is incredible may the thought of this cause you to jump for joy those are peter's words you're like derek i don't know i'm not a jumper i'm not a shouter i mean i i get my thumbs out of my pocket when we're singing i do this that's okay that's fine i don't i don't per, my personality is not the want to jump or to shout but the question becomes, how is your gospel song playing? Because if it's not matching up, then your worship isn't big enough. Your view of the gospel isn't big enough. I'm not just talking do you sing at the top of your lungs in here. I'm just talking about, do you sing your gospel song in your life? Like the people at your workplace, will they know that your song is a gospel song? Is it showing excitement that you are once lost but now found, blind but now seen? That you were a sinner deserving of punishment but now a child of the Most High King is the size of your gospel song a reflection of the size of your view of the gospel. Keep reading. Verse 6. May the thought of, his, may the thought of this cause you to jump for joy even though lately you have, had, you have had to put up with the grief of many trials. Anybody else struggling with some stuff lately? Y'all t- getting two new babies in my house? Woo! I've never changed so many poop diapers. <coughs> even Zane wasn't that full of poop. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're all facing some trials, right? Maybe maybe it's a death in the family. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's a worry a worry that you have about your past showing up. Maybe I don't know what I don't know what trial you're going through right now. I don't. I don't. But this tells us that even even though lately you have had to put up with the grief of many trials, because not promise that trials will go away until the day he returns, with, with the grief of many trials, but these only reveal the sterling core of your faith. What does that mean? Which is far more valuable than gold that, that perishes, or for, for, for even gold is refined by what? Fire. It goes through trial. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus the Anointed One is revealed. What this tells us is that we worship because the darker the night, the brighter the light. Now, we've been into some dark places. I've heard one, one person say it like this it's hard to worship and worry at the same time. It's hard to worship and worry at the same time. That doesn't mean you can't have worries. What that means is, are you letting your worry overweigh your worship? Or are you letting it overweigh your gospel song? No matter how dark the night gets, no matter how, how much you, th- you think you're going through, the only way to defeat that is to let the worship, your worship, your gospel song, play louder than your worry. Your worship will put your worry into perspective. Your worship will put your worry in perspective. Your worship how you play your gospel song will put your worry in perspective that's why second corinthians 4 17 paul would tell us that we view our slight short-lived troubles as prequel of life in light of eternity what does that mean he tells us we see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond comparison why because because we worship we worship because the darker the night, the brighter the light. We view our slight-lived troubles in light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that, per, that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. And verse eight says this, and verse Peter says this: You love him passionately, although you did not see him. But through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy. Your view of the gospel describes the view of your gospel song. If we can't celebrate the mercy that the gospel tells us, if we can't see, if we can't see how our little our view of the gospel is it'll be hard for us to have a gospel song. He goes on to say, indescribable, sublime, and immersed in glory. And here's the thing: you see, our view—if our view is small—it won't be impactful. Because the size of your the size of your gospel song is determined by your size, and your view of the gospel. How big is Jesus in your life, of what he's done for your life? Because when we hopefully I don't fall. Because if we have a small view of the gospel, I'm we'll gonna go up. Mama, I'm sorry. If we have a small view of our of the gospel. our impact's not very big. Like, how can you worship a God when you can barely make a ripple? When your view of the gospel can barely make water move? But I wonder, what if we started taking serious the gospel of Jesus? Like, what if we truly believed that Jesus died for our sin, that when we had no other way to get to heaven, we had no other way to escape the, the reality of hell. We had no other way to live for hope. What if we viewed our gospel a little bit bigger? And we start, we, start, we start thanking him. Like, thank you so much that even though I was dead in my sin and my trespasses, you made a way for me. That when I couldn't do anything for myself you came and found me because we didn't find him remember no one seeks after God he found us he came to us that because of because of your death because of your death on the cross it means that the ground is level that no one is better than anyone I can I can approach I can approach you with confidence What if, we, what if we approach the gospel in a way that, man, this has forever changed my life? What if, what if we approach the gospel like, it's, the gospel is all that matters. Because listen, at the end of the day, you can, you'll, when you die, your, jo- your job will replace you. What if our gospel song made an impact sorry what if our gospel song changes the world is your gospel big enough because if your gospel is not big enough then your worship is not is not big enough if your worship is not big enough, the world isn't going to see that God is all they need. Because if you if you need all this other stuff, why do they need a God when you're when the gospel is not big enough for you? If it's not big enough for you, then I might as well not even go with the gospel because then, because then I would have to do the gospel and some stuff to make me happy, and that just isn't good enough. I just have one thing that's good enough, and the gospel says it is good enough. So let's, let's stop living by everything everything like everything else matters at the end of the day when your day comes when you stand before God you know what you're going to be held accountable for how big was your gospel how loud did you play your gospel song was it a tiny pebble or did it make a did it even make a ripple what was your impact too many of us are looking for a breakthrough all we need to find to do is to go look at Matthew, Mark, looking and John that's your breakthrough Your life forever changed. Search Jesus. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. A little bit later it says, it says, It says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among man. That's mercy. <laughs> mercy came a running, it says. For your lives were ransomed once and for all. That's the story of the gospel. Ransom, bought back once and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation he wants to break that generational curse he was it, it was not a ransom payment of silver and gold which eventually perishes but the precious blood of jesus who like a spotless unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us this was part of god's plan for for he was chosen and destined for this before the foundations of the the earth was laid. Before even the foundations of the earth were laid, he says, I'm going to save Brian. I'm going to save Justin. Before he even created a first fish, before he even said, let there be light, because he was light, he said, I'm going to save Brian. I'm going to save Zane. Before the foundations of the earth was laid, before... But he has been made I'm screwing myself up the foundation of the earth was laid but he has been made manifest in these last days for you it is through him that you are now that you now believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that you would fasten your faith and hope to God alone if your song is proclaiming anything else other than him alone it's no gospel song So is your gospel song big enough? Does your lips match your life? Does your life match your lips? Because some of us, we can do some good lip service. We can sit there, we can sit there and say, ooh, won't he do it? He's so good. Then we get out here and we complain, and we're miserable, because we're like, we're saying, God, where are you? It's there all the time. Is your gospel song big enough? Is your view of the gospel big enough? That's the question for this morning. Because before we can even figure out how to live a life of worship, we have, to, we have to believe the gospel is big enough to change the way we live. And if it's not big enough to change the way you live, then maybe we need to hit our knees and do something different. Dragon? It's there. God, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here, God. And my prayer, my prayer for us this morning, is that we get a picture of the gospel. That is bigger than anything we could ever dream or imagine. God, I want to thank you for your sacrifice. And God, anytime, that, anytime that my view of the gospel and what you've done for us, whenever it's too small, please tell me. Please show me. Because I want my song. I want my song to be to be one that proclaims your story, the true story of mercy. That while we even, before we even deserved forgiveness, when we deserved punishment, when we deserved harm, you said mercy. The cross shows us, that you, you've given us an opportunity to believe a bigger story, that we're part of a bigger story. And let our story be loud enough, let our song be loud enough.